Welcome to episode 95 of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Schlag. On today's episode, I'm talking with Midwestern mom, Gina. Now, Gina is getting ready to turn 47. She has had success with weight loss. Actually, in the not too distant past, she has had some success. But this time around, she is really struggling. And she is wondering if it is because her body is not responding because of perimenopause. So we're gonna break that down for you today. If you listen and you're like, ooh, this sounds like me, I want you to check out the brand new course that I have just released. As I'm speaking to you, it is Thursday, April the 1st. The course has been live for just a few days. We've got a good bunch of women who've already hopped on this um, exciting offering, and you have a few more days to do the same. Monday, April 5th at 10 p.m., this offer closes, and I won't be opening the course back up again until the fall. So if you are ready to lose weight in perimenopause, get on it now. Kim, kimschlagfitness.com is where you can go to find out all the info on that. All right, let's hit it. Well, I'm so glad we could make this call happen. (laughs) A little bit of technical difficulty, but we powered through. Yeah, thank (laughs) you. you. Remind me where you're from. Actually, I don't even know if you told me where you're from. Where do you live? I don't think I did. I live in Kansas City, Missouri. Oh, okay. Got it. I lived in the on the other side of the state for several years. My husband went to WashU for graduate school, so we yeah. lived in St. Louis for a good yeah. years. I love Missouri. Yeah, we just actually moved back from St. Louis. We were there for like a year and a half because of my husband's job, and now okay. we're back. So, yeah. did you live downtown, or were you out in the suburbs? Where were you? No, we lived in um, Imperial, just south. Okay, yeah. got it. Got it. Nice. Yeah, that's a great city. Really fr- yeah. family friendly. Good yeah. Place. And are you originally from Missouri? No, um, Western Kansas lived out by Dodge City. Okay. High school in little podunk town, Kinsley. So, yeah. All right. <laughs> and Tom, so tell me some more about you. There's you, your husband. I know you at least have a daughter. You mentioned your daughter in one of your emails to me. Yeah, she is graduating college this May, and we have a son who's 24. Um, he's been out on his own for a couple of years. He's managing one of our big movie theaters over here so okay got it and we both you- we we both work for bmv theaters so it's a small family-owned theater chain um we have about 50 theaters in like nine states and so okay. he's he's managing the one in liberty so and how's that going for you guys now during COVID? are theaters open where you guys are um it's not great but we're going <laughs> yeah <laughs> um furloughed for probably six or eight months and then got back on he's he did the same um they're probably you can only do 50 percent capacity right now so it's kind of hard to have run that business but I mean we're making it good making it yeah good I'm, I'm glad to hear that yeah yeah so tell me um Tell me more about the question you, you emailed me about. So I have a kind of an idea of what we want to chat about today, but kind of start from the beginning, where you're at with things, what you want some help with. Let's hear it all. So um, I think my major frustration has come from, well, the last couple of years, I've kind of, I'm at the age where I'll be 47 in a couple of months. So I'm at the age where I'm like, wisdom really does come with age. <laughs> and so I know that I need to be more patient, um, take things slowly. Um, I kind of know, I'm kind of knowing all the things I knew all the things, but now I'm kind of like, okay, this is what you have to do to make the progress that you want. So last year, um, was the first time I started macro counting ever. Um, 
and I had great success with my first cut. And then I did like a reverse into what I thought was my maintenance and come to find out it was an unintentional bulk of about 5% without wanting to be bulking. <laughs> so um, I added that fat and not really, probably not the muscle during that time. And so when I look back at pictures, which are a big trigger for me and I don't like doing them, but I did take some back when I started and I took some like recently and you can't see a change in my body. So I think what I need to figure out is, I think I kind of have for the most part, know the nutrition part, what needs to be done. I think still trying to figure that out with my own body. You know how everybody's different. You got to tweak little things here and there. But then um, the workouts, I don't know if I'm, I thought I was doing some decent progressive overload and I did see the newbie gains. You know, I think with the, just the muscle I had in my body already, I think you just had that. I can't remember if it was you that had the podcast, but there was somebody who was all sciencey talking about um, the actual muscle that you have when you first start doing it. It's just kind of the nutrients and stuff are going into it, making it look larger. You're not really actually building muscle yet. Um, so I think that's all I was doing. Cause I could tell like mostly in my biceps and my shoulders up in this area. Um, but I, I don't know if I'm doing something wrong. Cause I feel like in a year, I feel like I gave myself a lot of time. Mm -hmm. I feel like I was very patient. And so I just, I guess I just get frustrated because I'm like, okay, either I'm doing something wrong or my body's not responding because of whether it be perimenopause or whatever, um, metabolism, whatever. Um, so that's, that's where I'm at. I'm just kind of, kind of in a spot where I don't know what the heck's going on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Well, we can totally get to, to work on getting to the bottom of this. Um, so let's talk me through this. Let's, we'll talk about both pieces separately. We'll talk about the workout piece. We'll talk about the nutrition piece. Let's talk nutrition first, because it is the driver of fat loss. No matter what a person is doing with their workouts, let's say they're not even working out, they could still get to their goal weight. It might not look like what they thought it was going to look like because they haven't done that muscle building piece, but they should still be able, they will still be able to get there if the nutrition piece is dialed in. So it sounds like you have a lot going on in your mind as far as like, you feel pretty clear on what you should be doing. If that, here's the, the piece of with nutrition, you have to have a really good plan. You have to know what you're doing. And then the execution of it is actually harder than most people give it credit for. So we're going to talk through here and see like, what was the plan you followed and see like, was it a good plan? Was it too restrictive, too many calories, not enough calories. So then you were binging, whatever it was. Yeah. And then we can talk about the execution of that plan and the, the answer to why you're not making progress is going to be found either in the plan itself, your execution of the plan, or your expectations were off. And I don't think it's that one because you gave yourself a whole year, right? Some people are like, right. what's wrong? And it's been 42.3 yeah. days, right? <laughs> right. I don't think it's the last one for you. So I think the answer is going to be found in one of those first two, either the plan or somewhere in the execution of it. So talk me through um, what was the plan as far as your macros? Well, last year when I started, I basically um, wasn't ready to do the whole, what I call restrictive and just eat chicken and broccoli and, you know, that type of thing. So I thought, okay, when I heard about the macros, I thought, okay, this sounds like something I can do, not like super restrictive. I can fit whatever I want in there, just as long as it fits in there. Um, I thought that would be better for me. And then I figured later I could kind of piece some other things in, which is what I did. So it, it, I feel like it did work for me. And then now that I've gotten, 
I tried again in October to do a little cut. My body wasn't responding. So I, I, I think now I'm starting to, you know, put in some veggies and some fruits and trying to be a little more smart with my choices for my, for my body. Um, what were you, so before, like before recently, you weren't really doing too much with vegetables and fruit. I don't like veggies. <laughs> I can so relate. I did not eat. I know. <laughs> so, okay. So you heard that uh, on my podcast yeah. before. Yeah. I totally was not a vegetable eater. So you weren't eating vegetables, fruit before then. Um, so in the fall, what were your macros? What did you set for your macros when you were struggling, not losing weight? And that's what I think. I think I figured out that there's now that I know there's a range, there's a range for maintenance. It's not just, or yeah, for yes. So that way I could go off of it. I feel like maybe I was at the top of that range and I was trying to cut from the top of my range and it wasn't enough for my body to respond. What was because, the top of your range? Um, I was at, well, I think my maintenance was 2000. Okay. And how tall are you? I'm only five, three. What do you mean only? I'm five, three. I'm only five, three. <laughs> Actually, I'm five, three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I used to say that. <laughs> it's super important for us short girls that you get our halves in yeah. there. <laughs> so you're five, three. And how much do you weigh? This morning, I weighed 174. 174. Got it. And so I'm going to do some calculating while we chat here. Okay. So you went to, you were at 2000 and 2000 for your maintenance calories is what you're saying, right? Yeah. And so I only cut to 1750 and then I tried to do 1650 and I wasn't going to add any more exercising because I was already super hungry. And I know those are the two levers basically that you have to pull. Okay. Um, I will tell you 1750 should be solidly deficit calories for you. It should be at 174 pounds, 1750 should be solidly in, in your deficit, um, which then, so that's the first piece. We want to look at like, what is the plan? Right. And that's not, that's not, it's not like you're trying to tell me I'm trying to lose weight on 2,300 calories. What's the right. problem? I'd say the problem is right. you're, you're trying to need too many calories. So that brings us to the next piece, which is the execution of hitting that. Um, I don't know if you have your log handy, um, but the next piece I would have somebody look at is, okay, out of every 30 days, how many days did you hit that amount of calories exactly? That would be the next question because if the, the place that some people, let me start again. It is really easy to almost hit your calories, not quite yeah. hit them. It feels like just as much work as though you were hitting them. Oh. And then you're spinning your wheels. Like I'm doing all the things, but it's not working. My body's not responding. And the issue is actually, you're probably at, you know, 70% compliance with your nutrition and to see really good results, it's going to take 80 at minimum. And so mm -hmm. that's my gut instinct here is that you were getting close to 1750 and maybe you were hitting 1750 or even 1650 many days in a month, but not enough days to get the progress you want. Does that feel, does that resonate with you? Do you, or do you say like, no, hundred percent. I was hitting those calories without, without question. Um, in October, I probably, I probably wasn't, even though I, when I was tracking, I feel like I'm pretty, I'm pretty right on when I track. Um, just because I know this, I know I can't cut without tracking. I know I can maintain. Yeah. I, I've, I've figured that one out. You've successfully I mean, I, maintained. 
I've did that for the last six months and I haven't tracked much at all. So that was, that's huge. (laughs) That is fantastic. Gina. That's really fantastic. Okay. So tell me this. Um, do you use a food scale? Yes. Use food scale. What types of things do you weigh during a door on a normal day? Um, well, anything that I don't normally eat that I don't know, that's actually what it should be. Like I've already done this. So I know this, this breakfast is right on because I've weighed it once before and I just know it. Does that mean make sense? Um, give me an example. Like like for breakfast, I'll have, um, I'll have oatmeal, protein oatmeal. Mm -hmm. So I already know that my half a cup of oatmeal is however much. I mean, I know that's legit in my system. Like I know when I put it in my fitness pal, that is right on. Got it. Uh, but, but you're not has, like, but so like when you made it, you wouldn't be like weighing the oats, you'd be measure cupping them. Yeah. Got it. Um, and what about things like oils and yeah, like what about oil? Would you weigh the oil, teaspoon the oil? I actually don't really use oil. So, no? okay. Uh uh-uh. uh. Interesting. Um, <laughs> Those are some of the big things that I, that I look for. Like if people are eyeballing a lot, your calories can add up just enough to kick you out of your deficit. So even though, you know, like, okay, half a cup of oatmeal, it's X number of calories. Interestingly, and you should try this. Anybody who's listening should try this. Go get, go get a half cup measuring cup and measure out what you think a half cup of oatmeal is. Okay. And then look at the serving size on your oatmeal and weigh it and you're going to be surprised. It's not, it doesn't come, it doesn't come flat to the top. And it certainly isn't like a little bit rounded. It's under a little bit. That might sound like pretty small potatoes, but little things like that adding up over the course of a day um, can really add up. Now, here's the thing. If a person is doing that and making progress at a great rate, totally fine. Right. Somebody's like, I'm losing weight at, you know, at a rate that feels really good to me and I'm measuring cupping things, great, go for it. If a person is struggling, these are the places I look to dial in. Okay. So I would suggest you use a scale to weigh pretty, anything that is not, okay. like you don't need to like weigh your egg. Like if you're having one egg, right. right in one egg. But if you're, um, and if it has a bar scan, so if you're eating like a protein bar that has mm-hmm. a scan code, you know, just weigh it your greens, like you don't need to be weighing your lettuce. That would be a little bit like woohoo. Like we're getting like, <laughs> how much lettuce you, you can eat the whole bag of spinach. It doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> but really anything else, like even like your banana, okay. your apple, like weigh those yeah. things. Um, I mean, I, I put a banana in my shake every day and it's interesting to me. Like I try and guess like how many grams it's going to be yeah. and I'm getting better because I've been doing it every day for weeks now, but I still don't get it quite on like looking at a size of a banana. So even though we, we might only be like, 40 calories off on the banana and 30 calories off on the oats. But if you do that every day across time, that can really make a difference. So that's the one thing I would say. Um, Then talk to me about things like weekends. Like how were you doing with like weekend eating, like going out with friends or parties or holidays and those kinds of things? Uh, My weekends are actually pretty good. I, I, uh, we try to go out to eat maybe once a week like on Sundays after church or something, you know, so I don't have to cook again. Um, and I will try to do my best to choose something that's like, usually it's a salad with grilled chicken, but I'll keep like the cheese on it and maybe a couple croutons or whatever, but I won't have the dressing. So I try, try to keep that 
at a minimum and then just go ahead and cook the rest of my meals. So I don't think my weekends are a big deal. I do like me some uh, popcorn, obviously in the movie theater business. Um, so I'll have like, I'll, I'll have, um, there's, there's a certain popcorn that I get that doesn't have much calorie fat stuff in it. So I will, I will have that like on a Friday night or a Saturday night when we watch a movie at home or something, but, um, I'm trying to be right and on. Is that the kind of thing, like when you're at work, are you like eating popcorn at work? No, I work from home now. So that's a good okay. thing. Um, I'm in the accounting office. So when we were attached to a theater though, that was a problem. Okay. <laughs> but not anymore. Because that's the other kind of thing that can really trip people up. It's it's food amnesia, right? So we think it, in oh, our yeah. log, it says we ate 1750, but we're not counting, you know, the handful of popcorn as we walk down the hall, like right. to, to go to the bathroom at the, at the movie theater. We don't count that. We just, we forget it. It's not like we're lying. We just, it, it's right. gone. Right? right. And we do the same thing. If we like pick a couple of nuts out of like off, you know, our kids eating something, we pick a couple of those and then we're making dinner and we eat like three spoonfuls of the dinner as we're prepping it for our family. Yeah. And those little things uh, really add up. And so, and we don't remember them. And then there's, this right. of, I'm literally doing it all just right. And so my challenge to you, Gina, if you will accept it, is going to be to go for the next 30 days, anything you eat, it has to be logged before you even taste it. Like before you even put it in your mouth, like even if you're about ready to like take a handful yeah. of nuts, weigh it, put it in your log, and then it's there. You accept my I've caught myself. Yes, I do. I've caught myself um, because I've talked, I've listened to you talk about that. And I've caught myself like if I, something gets on my finger or something, I'm going to like, just lick it off your finger. And I'm like, nope, can't do that. Go rinse it down yeah. the sink. <laughs> and some people will be listening and being like, wow, guys, like how obsessive are we getting? It's the little things that matter. Just like if you were trying to save enough money for your first down payment on your house, these little bits of things you used to spend money on when you didn't have that goal, it didn't matter then. It matters now that you're trying to like scrape every nickel and dime, right? And when yeah. you're really trying to lose weight, these things matter. It is not my um, goal for people to have this level of um, tightness with their calories right. forever. It's going to be for this period of time that you're going to be working on weight loss. And I suggest that people chunk a short period of time. Like I'm going to do this for 12 weeks and mm -hmm. then I'm going to have maintenance which is going to mean, you know, a lot more calories. Mm -hmm. So though I still want people to, at that point, I still don't want you going back to old habits of like lick by right. every day, but you're just going to have more calories to play with. And so, you know, having two handfuls of popcorn every day, you're going to be able to fit that in easily. <laughs> All right. So, um, so tell me about, uh, before we move on to exercise, tell me about this transition you're making to eating more fruits and vegetables. How's that going? How did you make the choice to do that? Like, why? Tell me. Um, I, tr I have been trying to fill my life full of podcasts and people who kind of think the way that I want to be. And so um, I heard a couple of gals talking about just making a veggie and a fruit tray and just having it at eye level in your refrigerator at all times. And then just pulling it out at every meal, um, whether or not I eat it at every meal, I'm not. It's normally at dinner, um, but I eat like more than just a, a fistful of, you know, like say cauliflower or broccoli or whatever. Really? So I'm getting it in, not every meal, but I'm getting it in like at one meal because I. Hey, that's huge progress for somebody who wasn't yeah. eating vegetables at all before. Um, yeah. And are you finding that you're enjoying it or are you still at the tolerance? <laughs> 
I'm tolerating because I have to do like a, a tablespoon of whatever little dip hummus or light ranch or something just to just a little bit of something to yeah I really <laughs> but, admire that Gina it's not an easy transition to make and other people listening to us who who grew up maybe just loving vegetables might be like what the heck are these ladies <laughs> talking about but I'm telling you like it was a real concerted effort for me just like yeah. it is for you right now to you say like I am going to be a person who eats vegetables and if that yeah. means putting the dip on it for me dip never did it I had to find like I started like putting garlic powder on everything and oh. like garlic paste was my big go-to garlic paste okay. I and then roasting it in the oven or putting it on the grill. And I could eat anything cooked like that, I realized. Yeah. Um, and now I have to tell you, it's seven years later and I genuinely like vegetables. I do. Uh, so there's hope. There's hope for you. Like we're going to talk in a few years and you're going to be like, I eat vegetables <laughs> all the time. I do. I tell you, like when I was in my thirties, I pretended to eat vegetables because it felt like so ridiculous. I'd be out with my girlfriends and everybody's getting these big salads. And I'd be like, that's what we're cooking salads. And so like, right. I would like put some salad on my plate or whatever and like <laughs> pretend to eat it. And I'd be like eating the croutons and the cheese and then eat all the other stuff. Cause I'm like, Frank eats lettuce. Yeah. <laughs> What's right. So, right. yeah. So I totally feel you there. I'm telling you, this is going to be a habit that pays huge dividends. Your health is going to benefit. Yeah. Your weight loss is going to benefit because once you start really liking vegetables and can pump your meals full of that, it's a really, it's a really good thing. So, yeah. I'm very happy for you that you're, you're making Thanks. this. <laughs> Um, have you found fruit you like now? That's usually easier. Um, I actually eat a banana every day. Um, but I'm more like green grapes and okay. cantaloupe, watermelon type of stuff. Um, I don't really like apples. I don't know if it's the skin. I can always take it off, but I hear there's benefits to that. So I try to make myself eat one every once in a while, but, um, I'm trying, I'm just not very good at trying stuff or knowing how to eat them like vegetables or whatever yeah. I, I want to eat vegetables but not know that I'm eating vegetables <laughs> I totally hear you yeah and that's a good place to begin you know um I really got into putting spinach and okra into my smoothie mm. and it's mm. worked very well um like I can eat I could eat a big bowl of spinach in a salad now but still yeah. when I, I was I've been very sick for in recent months and I did not want a salad the last thing I could even talk right. the idea of eating that much salad yep. and that's why I started putting it in these smoothies and like I get a crap ton of spinach in there and somebody told me to try frozen okra weirdly enough it has zero flavor in a shake you can get frozen okra and throw it in there zero that's flavor. odd I'm that telling you so you odd. should try for somebody who wants to sneak okay okay you have to make a shake that tastes really good. Look for my recipe on yeah. Instagram. It's on my feed. Um, okay. But you put some of that in there and then you're going to get a lot of the nutrients from that. Like I would never, I don't even know how to prepare okra to actually eat as right. okra, but I couldn't, I had no idea it was in my smoothie. So there's an idea yeah. for all you veggie phobes out there. <laughs> yeah. Summertime will be great for that because I find in the wintertime, I don't like my shakes, smoothies mm -hmm. as much because they're cold. So yeah. I like to eat my stuff. So I'll have to figure, figure that out and see yeah, but... when it gets warmer out there. All right. So let's talk about exercise then. Tell me what you've been doing and tell me your, your, I think you had a specific question about exercise. Did you? Um, I don't know. Um, but what I am doing is I like to lift weights. I'm just at home. I just have up to thirties. Um, I have a bench adjustable bench. Um, so I've been trying to progressive overload. I, I've been putting in the strong app so I can keep track of um, how much I'm lifting and when I'm lifting and all that stuff. So I can see if I'm making progress or not. But 
Um, I basically, I, I used to do like my legs, my lower body twice a week and upper body twice a week, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I heard somebody say something about, cause I have, I'm larger on the bottom. I have muscular, I am muscular, but I'm larger on the bottom. And they're like, if you want to change the shape of your body, um, focus on your upper body. So you get your upper body bigger, basically in the process while also doing lower. And that way your shape will be different. I don't know if that's true or not, but well, part that's partly true, but it depends on how they're telling you to do that is true. Like if you want to have like a smaller looking waist, um, you can build yourself broader shoulders and back. And that can definitely give that appearance. Did they tell you to cut out one of your lower body days though, is what I'm wondering. Are you saying, well, I did that myself. Got it. I wouldn't cut out an, a lower body day for that. You could just add in some more upper body and it's really going to be a lot of patience. Like, oh, that, and this is the yeah. difference between losing weight and building muscle. Losing weight in the grand scheme of things is a much shorter term proposition than building muscle. Like to get, to change the shape of your body as in like you want broader shoulders narrowing down, that's a several years project. Like that's mm-hmm. not going to be like you look in four or five or six months and be like, where's my shape? It's going to be over years. I will tell mm-hmm. you, my legs were always in my mind, my problem area. I'm a short girl with short legs. And I always, mm-hmm. I always felt like my legs looked bigger and my hips yeah. looked bigger. It took me years of a combination of going to fat loss phases and building muscle in my legs to get that like lean tone. My legs didn't look too big to me definition. That was not a short-term proposition. So right. the chances that you're doing something wrong aren't as high as if you just haven't done it long enough yet. Mm-hmm. Um, to see the results you're really looking for. No, and that's fine. I understand it's a, a huge long process and I'm not quitting it anytime soon. So I'm not quitting it ever actually. So um, I just think I need to figure out what my body responds better to and do that because I, on the other days I'll do like, um, I do a push and a pull. And then on my fourth day, I actually have been just just because I don't know what I'm doing, um, alternating my push or my pull. So one week I'll have two pushes and one pull and the next week I'll have two pulls and one push. So I don't know. I mean, with what I have it here, obviously I can go a little farther with the upper body than the lower body. Um, and I don't know what I'm going to do going forward. I'm, I'm, I would like to build my gym out, but I don't know what I'm doing. So, (laughs) and actually like what to get to build the gym out. Is that what you mean? Yeah, I think I have an idea of what to get, but I've never, I've never lifted a barbell in my life. So, oh, oh, got it. So you're talking about like, once you have it, you don't know what yeah, to do. Right. Gotcha. 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 I hear what you're saying. Um, okay. So as far as like a push pull legs is definitely, um, a valid, spl- uh, a valid split. There's nothing wrong with doing push pull legs. Um, I do think you might want to get some more volume, uh, on your lower body. Um, okay. so, you know, you could also do two lower, two upper. Um, cause okay. then you're still working your upper body plenty. So that's one possibility to go back to your upper lower split. You could keep doing, um, your push pull legs. Um, it's totally, that's yeah, there's nothing wrong with, with that split. Um, and then as far as learning what to do with the barbell, um, really getting some good coaching. If you have, if you have the ability to get it in coach in person, in person <laughs> coach, that would be fantastic. If not like I never had an in-person coach to learn how to use a barbell ever. Um, I learned that um, I got an online coach. My very first online coach, I actually 
um, hired a woman who she like teaching women in a group format, how to do powerlifting. And I'm like, I want to do that. I just, I want to do that. And so I did this with this group and I learned online. Um, so there's plenty, I have a ton of videos on my YouTube channel, literally talking okay. you through every barbell lift, like here's how to sumo okay. deadlift, like literally from ground one, like here's what to do with the barbell. Here's where to start. Bench press is the same squat. I have in-depth tutorials about all that. Okay. If you're going to go that route, the way I always tell people to learn a new move is sit down and watch the video, watch the whole thing multiple times, and yeah. then try it with like little to no weight, like very little weight. Now it's going to be hard to deadlift from the floor. You can't deadlift from the floor. Right. Wait, you have to put some right. bumper plates for that by 10 pound bumper plates, which gets your barbell up to the right height to pull from, but you're only lifting yeah. 55, 65 pounds, right? That's very different than trying to, to lift the 45 pound plates with a, with a barbell bench press. You know, if you're talking about using upper body, um, you can just lift the bar with a squat. You can just mm -hmm. lift the bar. Um, I'm really excited that you're thinking about getting into doing the barbell lifts. I think it's, it can really be empowering for women to try that. Um, to get, when you start doing it, people typically really take to it. And you do seem to be a person who's really taken to strength training. So I, I bet you're going to love it. Don't be intimidated by it. Um, you can absolutely, if you've learned how to do these moves and the reality is if you know how to squat and deadlift with dumbbells, the transition to doing with barbells is not going to be a huge leap. It's not as long as okay. you have good form doing those. Um, okay. and then as far as seeing these changes in your body, just remind yourself, this is going to be a really long-term project. It's going to be a combination of both fat loss and muscle gaining. So you're the, you changing the shape of your legs is likely still more fat loss on your lower part of your body, mm -hmm. which just takes longer. Like it just does. And you will likely go through cycles of deficit and maintenance over the years mm -hmm. until you're finally at a point. And I really do think at some point we just need to say like, I'm really happy with this and this is my body, but that might still take, like I said, I've been at this for seven years and, um, I haven't every minute of those seven years constantly been like, well, what else can I fix on my body? But this is where the weight training can come in. I have very much been like, what can I do next? Like now, can I, can I mm -hmm. get my first pull-up? Can I get a two times my body weight deadlift? Can I, all these different goals that you can set for yourself, yeah. you like the focus. And as you do that, your body gets to be more fit and more strong and more toned and all of those things. What were you laughing about? Uh, pull up. Pull up. <laughs> How are those? Well, going? yeah. See last year I kind of worked on my pushups and I'm still working on them because I am trying to figure out the best way to do it. So for a while I was just doing the down motion for like however many counts. And then I was Great. only doing the up motion. So that got me stronger, but I still, when I was trying to do a push up, my, I felt like my lower body was sagging at the bottom and I couldn't stay. I could go all the way down. I could go all the way up. No problem. But I couldn't like, wait, did you, now I'm confused. Are we talking push ups or pull ups? Push ups. I was, I'm, okay. Yeah, yeah I was starting with push ups because I started that last year. Um, because those two to me are tough, tough things to do. Yeah. Um, so now I'm doing the stair thing like you. I think it was you that mentioned the stair thing. So yeah. I started at a fourth step and now I'm on a third step. So I'm like, I'm getting there. Um, but then I wanted, I want, I want, I want to do pull-ups. Um, so I asked for Christmas. I asked for one of those power towers so I could have something just to work on. And the first time I tried, which wasn't too long ago, um, just hanging is awful. My grip is awful. You'll get and better. I promise you'll get better. I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to be content with trying to work on hanging for a bit 
um, just because I have so much extra body weight that I'm like, I'm never going to get this up here. Um, so it'll take me a long time. I know it will, but I, I, I'm committed to getting that at some point in my lifetime. Um, <laughs> you hit on a good point. One of the things that does make pull-ups easier is losing weight. Like as you lose weight, mm-hmm. you're going to, cause you're pulling more, you're pulling yeah. muscle. Yeah, that does help. Um, and hanging is a great first step. Did you buy the really long bands that you can do chin up assistant bands? Not yet, but I heard you say that the other day and I need to get some. So yeah, I will do that. Are, those will be a game changer. I'm going to tell you, you can use those for your push-ups too. You can hook those oh. over your pull-up bar. Oh, do what's called band assisted push-ups. And this is for people who are down low. Like you are like third step. You could start using these. If you're just starting guys, if you're way up, like really up high, like a countertop height, you don't need to do the band assistance yet. But as you get closer to the floor, what you do is you tie this, this heavy band up to the pull-up bar, get into the band around your hips, get on the floor to do your push-up. Okay. And then it's giving you that little bit of assistance yeah. to practice yeah. going on the floor. Okay. What you'll do over time is you'll use a thinner and thinner band. So it's not giving you that much assistance. And it's another really great way to get stronger at your push-ups. So those bands can help with that and with your pull-ups. They're great for pull-up training. Awesome. That sounds great. <laughs> And, you know, focusing on those kinds of things in the gym can really be the difference between a person obsessing about their weight yeah. and just doing the do with their nutrition and really like being excited. Like I'm excited to get back in the gym and see like, can I use just the purple band today? Yeah. Right. I, and I really, it's one of the reasons I really promote strength training in women besides the fact it does change the shape of your body. It changes your focus, um, to something that one, you have more control over and two, that is just way more empowering than like what size are my thighs today? <laughs> yeah. 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 And I think I'll be fine. I just, I'm so frustrated because I have so much to lose and it's been sitting there for a while and I've been trying yes. and I just, I think even just losing 10, 10 pounds of fat would be a huge thing for me. Yeah. And then I could do that three chunks at a time or whatever, however long it takes. But I think that's just where I am, but I know that I need to be really strict during my cuts. So, um, I'm going to do what you said on the grams because I, it didn't even cross my mind about the half cup oatmeal didn't even cross my mind. So, um, stuff like that could be, and I just started weighing my bananas because you know, they're all different sizes. So it's like, (laughs) they are. And again, guys, I know it seems little, but it's the addition of these things throughout a day that can add up. Cause ideally when you're in a calorie deficit, you're only in 250 to 500 calories lower than your maintenance, which means you know how fast it is to eat up 250 calories through things like 30 calories extra on a banana and 20 calories extra on the oatmeal. And then, you know, I, I put, you know, extra milk in the, this, like all these little things, they add up. There's not a single food you can include when you're going to lose weight, but making sure that you account for what you've eaten is the key to figuring out, am I actually in a deficit that on paper, I think I'm in. Yeah. And I, I definitely don't want to do that forever. I I'm saying that. Yeah. Just like you, I, for my cut, this has to be, this has to be this way for me. I have to figure out exactly what I'm doing or Mm -hmm. I'm not going to have what I think is success. And then after that, you know, like I said, I got my maintenance thing. I figured that out, but so that'll be nice once I can cut and then I can maintain easily. And yeah, it's just this, this cut thing is confusing me. You know, it's just harder this time than it was last time. And I, I guess I was trying to figure out what, what exactly had changed or 
mm. what I had done differently, which I feel like I'm okay. not doing things differently. Were your calories at 1750 when you lost a year ago? What were they at them? Uh, yeah, I think I actually started at 1650 and I ended up at 1750 during my cut just because I had, I was, yeah, for some reason, I can't remember if I was super hungry and just wanted mm -hmm. to see if hundred calories would be enough to kind of keep me going. Um, but yeah, it was at 1750. So I think when I tried in October, I think I was just irritated that it, I couldn't cut at the same, same amount. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think I was as, as meticulous as I am right now. So I've just started another cut one week ago. So okay, I'm kind, kind of seeing a little bit. So, but I'm going to now. Fantastic. Do the grams um, with the oatmeal back in 30 so 30 days be and my 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 biggest piece of advice i give to people who are tracking calories is to pre-log your food the night before so decide mm. exactly what you're going to eat so i'm going to have you know 120 grams of banana i'm going to have whatever it is put that all in get it set exactly how you want it to be including things like i'm having popcorn friday night so you know yeah. i'm having x amount of popcorn put that all in the next day when you're ready to do it if you're going to change anything, change it before you eat it. So you don't mm -hmm. remember and then really weigh everything out. It does not take that long. It really does not take that long, um, to do all of that. And it, what it does is save you time of years of being frustrated with why am I not losing? Right. So 30 days of doing that, hit those calories and keep a calendar that says like, yes, I did it today. Or I was a little bit over. So you can really look and see, did I hit at least 80 to 90% consistency, um, with these calories? And then let's just, let's touch base again. Yeah. And you, do you think the calories, cause I'm doing the whole macros, you know, the protein, the carbs and the fat, is it, uh -huh. is it more important to hit all the macros and be maybe 50 calories under um, or well, is it, it should, your, your macros should add up to your calories. So, right. So I typically do not macro count. I actually am right now in the cut I'm in because the coach I hired, that's how he does it. And I really wanted to, he's a, he's one of my business mentors and I wanted to work with him. So I'm counting macros right now. Your macros will equal up to your calories, right? So they, they will in the end of the day, if you just, if you're, if your total calories is 1750 and you hit 1750 and you get in, what's your protein grams you're shooting for? 148. Okay. So if you get your protein 148, you hit total calories 1750, that is enough. What research shows us is those two things are enough to cause fat loss. If your fats okay. and carbs are different day to day, it doesn't necessarily matter for a lot of people. They prefer counting macros and it keeps them on track more to know. I need, you know, I need X number of grams of fat and I'm going to hit that. If you add those up, you get, it makes your total calories. I would not hyper-focus on carbs versus fats. I would hyper-focus on total calories and protein. Okay. And do you touch on that with your new, your new course coming out for menopause? Cause you know that. Which piece of it? Like as far uh, as macro like, versus like how your body responds as you age with the carbs and stuff. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to hit that hard. Um, as far because so many women are told like they need to eat low carb. Um, so I'm going to kind of myth bust there. And again, when I tell you guys like fats and carbs don't, or the ratio of them doesn't matter to fat loss. I'm not saying they don't matter to you as an individual. And this is something I cover in the course to figure out like, what do I need? Because here's the thing. If you're somebody who does a ton of, um, running or high intensity training, you might feel like crap with lower carbs. You might need even mm -hmm. moderate carbs might not even be enough for you. You might need higher carbs. If you're somebody who in the, in over a period of time notices, you're really struggling with hunger and you're low fat, 
one of the things we can do to help you besides getting your protein up is giving you more dietary fat. So those things are very important to an individual's success. They're not the key to fat loss, but they could be the key for an individual sticking with their calorie targets. Okay, and that's so if I, something I'm going to be covering in the menopause weight loss course is those, those specifics. It will be in the course itself. So guys who are listening to the way the course is going to work, I'm pre-recording videos. You're going to get a new module each week. It will be dripped each week. You'll get a new module. You'll watch it. It's not just going to be a watch and learn. It's going to be a watch, learn, and do. There's going to be action steps for you to take. And then every week, um, I'll be coming live to talk to all of you and talk in depth through whatever issues, questions, struggles you're having. Um, there's going to be a Facebook group. We'll do that in there. And then we can all chat in the Facebook group as often as people would like um, to tackle specifics. And if a person is telling me like, this is my calories and this is my protein, um, but I'm super tired because guys in menopause, we're so super, super tired. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm going to question like, are you going low carb? Maybe you need to bring your carbs up. Mm -hmm. So that's where we play around with carbs and fats to help us reach our physique goals, but also like, I just want to feel good goals. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So if I go through this, you know, next 30 days, I'm, I'm meticulous and whatever, and I'm still not seeing too much of a change. Do you just, do you feel like that could be something partly perimenopausal stuff going on hormonal or here's, do you... the, here's the real deal of, of weight loss and menopause. It does nothing about perimenopause, nothing about the change in hormones stops your ability to lose weight. The, okay. way, the role that it can play as our hormones drop, a couple of, of um, roles that it plays. One, it shifts the pattern of where we hold our weight. We tend to hold our fat more in our belly. Super fun, right? So it does <laughs> that. But it's your excess fat. It's not saying like you will now have excess fat on your belly. You can still lose that fat. You're not going to necessarily gain fat you won't gain fat just because you're in perimenopause. If you gain fat, it will likely show up in your belly. So the distribution okay. is different, okay? okay. You still lose it. So that's one way it can and can wreak havoc on us. The other that is really important is we typically just don't feel so well. We're tired, we're not moving as much. So we're burning fewer calories over the course of a day because we're not moving as much. Maybe we're stress eating. We're overtired when you're over, if you're not sleeping well because you have hot flashes or because you just have that insomnia that can come with, weight, mm -hmm. with menopause. If any of those things are happening, it can mess with your hunger and cravings. So when we're talking about hormones, you know, it can mess with those hormones that help you either feel full, your satiety, or crave things and feel really hungry. What do we do if we're craving and feel really hungry? we eat more, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so if we're eating more, it's about the calories, but in the end, we have to come back and tackle, what do we do about our sleep? Okay. What do we do if we're trying to, to manage our sleep, but it's not working. I yeah. have a whole module about this guys. Like we want to attack both angles. How do we help you get better sleep? But in the end, it just might not happen soon. It did not happen right. soon for me. And so how do we help you lose weight even when you are sleepless? Because you can, we have to tackle very specific things to figure that out. Um, so that's where menopause comes in. It messes with your sleep. It messes with where you store fat. It can mess with your hunger, your satiety, am I stress eating? And so we tackle all of those hurdles. But at the end of the day, it is still about getting in a calorie deficit. And so if we can get a person okay. in a calorie deficit, they will lose weight, whether they're perimenopausal or not. Okay. okay. So no, nothing about perimenopause will specifically be keeping you from losing weight. Okay. Good to know. I just it's need empowering to... to know because when, and here's the thing, it's got to click for you, ladies. 
if you think you can't lose weight because your age yeah. or perimenopause, you will not lose weight because weight loss is incredibly hard. It is more hard to do than, than people give it credit for. And so what often happens is they think it is hard. It's going really slow. So something is wrong with me when reality is that's literally what it feels like. Okay. <laughs> like it is just that hard. And the things we've talked here today about being more precise are overlooked because what they're hearing is hormones, hormones, hormones. Yeah. You see what I'm saying. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Let's stay in touch. It was great talking to you, Gina. Thanks for being brave yes. and coming on here with me. <laughs> I know that gave you a little bit of anxiety. I really yeah. admire that. You All make right, it easy. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. We'll talk soon. All right. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for being here and listening in to the Fitness Simplified podcast today. I hope you found it educational, motivational, inspirational, all the kinds of ational. <laughs> if you enjoyed it, if you found value in it, it would mean so much to me if you would go ahead and leave a rating and review on whatever platform you are listening to this on. It really does help to get this podcast to other people. Thanks so much.